Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend Morsex. How you doing, MB? I'm doing great, bud. I had a great week. How about you? Uh, just fantastic. Another another wonderful week. I'm I'm broadcasting from sunny Florida down in the Sunshine State. It's 82 and sunny. I have no complaints. Atta boy. Now, I'm afraid to go to Florida. Again? Well, you know, some people call it God's waiting room. And not anymore, dude. Tell hell's waiting room. I, I don't want to run the risk that I'm there and he opens the door to Sue's in the waiting room and just catches my eye, you know. No, this is the this is the gates of hell, dude. This is the gates of hell, okay? <laughs> it's a fine line between paradise and the gates of hell. This is it. Uh, hopefully you're on the, the north side of that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that a boy. We got a um a uh a comment just before the broadcast uh asking about uh sulfur and reverse RP and shadow banking and collateral trading, suggesting that the audience might be tired of hearing us talking about the lead metal and two-year notes. But see, we don't really know much more than the lead metal and two-year notes, and and so we gotta you got to dance with what brung you. I, I'm, I'm happy to make a few calls, but I'm really not your guy on that stuff. But, and I think that's um, been our strength is to not dabble in areas that are, are not our expertise. Um, yeah. Like, for instance, a, a mortgage trader talking about the front end. <laughs> Before we go too far, um, executive producer Red on the Day uh, has been prolific in keeping many many people amused yeah um i told him i I told him i would give him the floor i said i sent him a message i said any question you want the floor is yours so now so he wanted he asked about this is brutal but he asked about bitcoin all right he's he asked he asked about bitcoin he wanted to know if your if your opinion had changed any and what what your thoughts on the on the uh on the etf were if it gets approved for the etf what do you have any thoughts on that red on the day is curious i I have i have some thoughts i i don't know it's like the shadow banking system number one if the etf gets approved i like everyone else assumes that's a positive however In the last two years, every trade that you went to the textbook on has been wrong. So I I I don't I don't know. Okay. There was a a news article, a little bit of a mano a mano of Jamie Dimon against Michael Novogratz. And it it just to me solidified the appearance of the insanity of this thing. Like you got Jamie Jamie Dimon, who one day could more likely than not be in office saying he thinks they should get away with it. And you got the guy who's the guy reach your own conclusions, you know, hawking the thing. Um, Middle daughter sent me this uh, promulgation by the Internal Revenue Service. Uh, I didn't get a chance to scrutinize it, but I think the long and the short of it is if you've traded in a prepare to be audited and and having having been audited i'll take five colonoscopies to one audit yeah and and if i'm wrong it's 10 yeah i understand yeah you don't 
until you've been there, you don't understand. It's... No, no, we've gone through it. I've I've gone through it on corporate side, and when I tell you every receipt, like. Oh. Every receipt, you know, dude, the guy got the axe. Don't get into the receipts, but yeah, the receipts, you you, you better have everything from a couple years. It, yeah, like you said, it haunts people. There's a lot of things that keep people up at night. The audit might be one, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure these guys were meticulous record keepers. (laughs) So it it gets perverse. Now, again, I'm a little surprised at the question i wasn't prepared for it but you know i do tend to like those sorts of things so who are those two clown brothers that went to that anti-semitic ivy league school they went to hamas university uh the winklevoss uh yeah yeah so there's something going on with not repaying money or yeah probably like yeah a huge number too um what was their their outfit was uh like genesis or something and they were interlinked with novogratz i think it's all an inbred discussion Sounds like a very nefarious situation you know there's this whole thing about uh when you loan people money if you don't pay it back the the lender has a loss but the borrower has imputed income because he's got a gain on defaulting him alone. So it, it's possible that if those were loans, all of a sudden Tweedledum and Tweedledumer have got a, a tax bill. Anyway, it it does it does brighten my day to see you know them test the robustness <laughs> of the United States financial system. I'm sure I'm sure that. Um, they're on the right side of the law and they will be exonerated absolutely as quickly as Sam Bankman Freed. And uh, what's that chick's name out in California? Uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth. Oh, how's she doing? Dude, off the face of the earth. Never heard of her. Yeah. What an yeah. arc. What an arc. Dude, it's, it, maybe it's time now to take a look back on some of the arcs that we have followed. Um, and that Bitcoin arc has gone from... It's you know you it's rat poison criminal activity to whatever the high number was the euphoric yeah. high of it back down and dude now it keeps creeping up it's it's they didn't kill it off they just can't kill it off I don't yeah you know um, I took a class years ago with Cheryl called Easy Parenting and I, I thought it was actually very very good and. Um, you know, as you know, we've been pretty fortunate with how our children have um, uh, turned out. And I, I think maybe elements of that. Uh, and they were simple rules, but they, they, they caught Eileen in the wrong way. First of all, the guy was a psychiatrist. It wasn't like clown sociologist, social mm-hmm. worker. This was like a real doctor. And and um, he said, never let the kids sleep in bed with you. And of course, at this point, you know, it would not be unusual f- for one of the girls. But he explained, you know, in so many words that it sets up a confusing situation in the kids' minds. And so one parent raises the hand and says, well, what if they come in in the middle of the night and they're scared? 
goes, it's easy. Get a sleeping bag and you say, okay, there's a sleeping bag. You can sleep in our room on the floor. He said, I guarantee you the most they'll come back will be one more night and that will be the last you'll we'll see of them. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it goes against all the kind of traditional customs and but, but we follow that and you know, I think part of the, you know, the maybe obvious result is children learn to calm themselves down. Uh, another I think more aggressive form is the ferberization. Dude, that's brutal. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's where you beat the kid till they stop crying. Yeah, I just yeah, want to make sure you have my terms right. Yeah. 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 Brutal. <laughs> um, what was one of the other things? Oh, this was the point I wanted to make. He said, he said, the worst thing you can do to a human being is to ignore them. So when you come home from work, the first thing you do is not open the mail. Don't check your emails. Don't fix yourself a scotch. Greet your children. Spend 10 minutes with your kids. The, the mail will be there. The emails will be there. But make the kids feel special. Mm -hmm. The final one, which fit me perfectly because I didn't like doing it to begin with, but uh, and especially I traveled a great deal. Never bring your kids gifts home from vacations. You don't want them to feel like that's there's this quid pro quo thing. It's like you're going on vacation. They're not. They're supposed to be glad to see you, not what's in the suitcase. Mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah, interesting. You can do what you want with that. Uh, we followed that rule, at least mostly. Cheryl always, especially as I got older, Cheryl would like to buy them stuff. Uh Anyway, that's you know easy parenting. Well, we which... could have done this. We you could have we could have done this last week before I ventured out on on a week long sojourn with the one year old and the three year old. Okay, just me. Okay, <laughs> all right. We've done the entire Eastern Seaboard. We've been on the road for eight you, nights. Just the three of us. Just the three of you, us. You are my hero. <laughs> I, 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 my kids wouldn't have made it alive. Dude, you, you want to talk about arcs? Think about like, you know, when I used to go to Colorado and ski for like two months. Yeah. Like, remember those days? There was a time when I would go skiing um, and I would pack up, the, you know, I would get on the road and go. And I love there's nothing more better than a, a winter little trip. And now it's me and the two kids. I haven't spoken to an adult in days. <laughs> yeah. So I guess today is the three hour edition of <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, I, I feel your pain. What I will tell you, okay, if, and it doesn't sound like Florida is going to be the trip, but if you can teach, and you will teach the kids to ski and or snowboard, epic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lifetime. Right. Um, by, by the way, in a very unusual turn of events, there was a an outpouring just south of a riot with your comment that you would never pedal a bike again in anger i people threatened to cancel their subscriptions which you know oh, yeah management does not take lightly to that 
I have That's dug nice. in even deeper being down here. Okay. Cause you know, you know, who's down here is the, is the 80 year old runners. Okay. And the oh. 80 year old road bikers. Okay. So I just see them pedaling by struggling dude. the, the runners that the, I call them struggle runners that dude, it's painful to watch. I'm like, lady, go have like a pina colada and sit like with some aluminum foil thing in front of your face and just relax. What are you doing? I get it. I, I get it. You know, I'm the New York Post. The Post ran an article this week that said all that exercise is actually aging you faster. So Charlie Munger, Henry Kissinger, okay. Hey, over a long <laughs> enough time horizon, Iblock <laughs> is always proven right. So it just is a is a thought. That question about the shadow banking system and SOFR, I I'm gonna defer that to Dr. Slock to answer since he listens. That would be that would be helpful. Um you were uh, out of town this week, so you missed there were a couple of brouhaha's in the office, which um I have to tell you, first of all, I don't know if many people remember this, but we were awarded the Golden Mike Award by the Swiss Podcasters Association of Switzerland. Switzerland, right. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember. One of the interns picked up the microphone, whose picture is on our website, and he said to me, I thought gold was supposed to be heavy. <laughs> I said, it is, it is very heavy. And he goes, well, feel this. And after multiple lab tests, we concluded that those gold mics aren't gold. They are, in fact, China made plastic. Not so, even yeah, that's rough. Yeah. So that falls under the trust, but uh, but verify. Yeah. Um, the uh the other thing was um it came up and you you were lucky not to make this the the diversity exclusion that thing. Yeah, what about they, it? Yeah, diversity equality initiative. Yeah, yeah right. what about it? Yeah, well, they, they 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 were saying that the platinum subscribers were only white males. Why oh. didn't we have any Jeez. minorities? Jeez. And and I said, well, there's a Jew there, and they said, well, Jews aren't minorities. Um, Jeez. And I I they said, well, there's no women, there's no blacks, and they said, well, that's not true. That's, that's that's not true. That's not true. Okay. Well, I, my answer to the women part was, we had extended an offer. I know. To a woman who is literally in the public domain. Yeah. Uh, in in worldwide organizations. Yes. Right. Exactly. And, 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 I, and she's said, on my mind. I know she listens and I and out of respect, yeah. I keep my mouth shut. But I have we, we have women in the audience, including her, who is an extremely well-respected, powerful right. woman on Wall Street. So somebody wrote in, how did they sign up for the platinum subscription? And, you know, that's a great question. But the answer is more like this. It's like a membership at Augusta National. You don't apply. You you get you get invited. Right. But unlike Augusta National, we take women, Jews, and blacks. It's true. 
Although I guess they do too now. Right. Um, with a gun at their head. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if I have this exactly right. Uncle Mark could ver verify this. But I've been down there a couple of times. And when you go to the men's room, okay, they don't have the stand of urinals. They have stalls. Got to have your privacy, I guess. But they have nothing but young black men go into the stalls and clean them up after they're mm -hmm. used by mm -hmm. predominantly white men. Now that's that's extraordinarily racist. I oh, would think. I don't yeah. know. How, how do they get away? You know, Dude, it's the South. It's the South. Um, oh, yeah, the so South. they're exempt. Dude, the South is different. Um, dude, it's, a, it's a different world down here, okay? It's a different oh. world. Dude, I had to remind myself that I was with my children and I can't get an assault charge because I had to avoid a physical altercation with an older gentleman who used such a disgusting term that I haven't heard in so long. And I've been in New York so long that I've never heard it. I was, I would have cold clocked them. It, it's a word that uh, like the, it's worthy of getting punched in the mouth. He said, G double O. Okay. He said that he says there's a G double okay really? restaurant. And I was standing in front of a, an adjacent restaurant with my kids. If I hadn't been with my daughter, I would have laid him out on the spot. Okay. That is an unacceptable term. I don't care where we are south of the Mason Dixon, north of South, but like it was on, I was, I swallowed yeah. and I boiled. Okay. And I reminded myself that I was in the, I'm in a different world. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm with my kids and I need to, and I need to cool it. But yeah, dude, I drove when I got to Virginia. There's a fucking Confederate flag on the side of 95. Okay. It's different. You know, it's not NBC News down here. It is different. Okay. It's Fox News country. And yeah. there, and if you're going to tell me there isn't a good old boy network, and like you said, Augusta, gun to their head, they're letting in minorities and women. They're doing that to avoid lawsuits or whatever, you know? But. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's call a spade a spade. It's it's not it's it's not comfortable for everybody everywhere. No, I'll tell you who's not having a good week is the president of University of. She's done, done, done. Yeah. Billy yeah. got rid of her. Are, yeah, Bill. Bill was on a mission this week. So anything, any little, any little snarky remarks that I've made about William Ackman, I, I mean, I stand by them, obviously. But I will take them. You know, I will counter all those little jokes and puns with the work that he has done this week because he has been on a mission to highlight the absolute. Dis I couldn't watch it. I didn't watch the C-SPAN testimony of those universities. It was gruesome. It gruesome. Was gruesome. Right. So, so go uh, ahead. No. So on the website, keeping in mind, you know, I keep, you're going to have to talk to someone. They keep pushing me to drive traffic to the website and I'm doing the best I can, but you know, budget's tight. Layoffs are coming. <laughs> Nothing like layoffs ahead of Christmas. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, God blessed Cheryl and I with three daughters, mm -hmm. all of which went to Northwestern University and <clears throat> were varsity fencers. I know. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, you know, it's such a athleticism in the Sachs family. <laughs> it's such a dominant trait genetically. Right. 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 Um, they were destined. <laughs> but I remember when 
they were there, there was an engineering professor whose name escapes me. Butts. But Butts. Butts. Okay. Butts. Yeah. yeah, Butts or Birds. And so he, you know, a zillion years ago was a Holocaust denier. And um, so I, I looked him up because, you know, there's a lot of this stuff going on. And I wondered, you know, what was Northwestern doing just because I sent yeah. them a zillion dollars. And oddly enough, I, I, I did feel a tiny bit of relief in that when I went to the Wikipedia page, they talked about the fact that when uh, he released his book on the Holocaust denial, he had just gotten tenure. And so a number of his colleagues wrote letters asking him to resign. And of course, he's not going to resign. But the university decided that since, quote, they couldn't do anything about it, they would make a course available with another professor if your degree required that specific course. So they gave the kids an out if they didn't want to. Okay. You know, the little bit that I don't know that I know this entirely right, but um, my my impression was once you became a tenured professor, you were pretty much maybe maybe not so fast. You know how old Chestnut likes to dig in the ground. Um, apparently, there's a distant this difference between being an associate professor and a full professor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, this guy was not a full is not a full professor. So I'm not sure exactly where that goes, but you know. Anyway, I, I they tenure, at least ten tenure is bullshit. For the record, tenure is bullshit. Okay, so that that I think that in my lifetime or my kids' lifetime, I think you will see the end of tenure in academia. I think there will be a pushback to tenure and those old dinosaurs that have it will hold on to it. But I've seen some pushback to it already with like other examples of people that have been like, you know, they've been there for 30 years and they can say whatever they want. And they've said such outrageous, deplorable things that people are like tenure doesn't work anymore, pretty much. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, they, they could go start a podcast. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this week was an interesting week in a number of fronts. You know, you had the geopolitical stuff. Uh, the markets were interesting. Uh, I was fairly active in the market this week, oddly enough. Um, I... Uh, I rarely say this, but I think I did a pretty nice job on something. A few weeks ago, uh, they were throwing the baby out with the bathwater in the municipal bond market. And uh, that um, genius, Howard Marks, wrote that memo about, you know, you got to buy stuff when they're selling. And, and then I morphed that into a, a more poignant 
quote of, you know, you can't buy munis when you want to, you can only buy. So anyway, um, as is my habit, when I find something I like, I, I, I like to load it up. And uh, I did. Um, <laughs> and so uh, this is a quite a convoluted story, but I, we'll see if we can tie it together. But um, you're aware that a book came out recently about Ray Dalio of mm -hmm. the Bridgewater cult? Mm-hmm. I spoke to one of my friends during the week, a market friend, and apparently when he came in to work last Monday, one of his uh, traders said, I read the Dalio book, there's going to be trouble. And my friend says, what do you mean? He goes, the guy's such a crackerjack, people are going to end up pulling money. Okay. So... Um, I witnessed a, a week full of people getting stopped out of trades. And one of the most obvious trades was to be uh, long the curve, long the front end, short the back end, um, uh, which I think even Harley Bassman had talked about being a good trade. Uh, um, but being a mortgage guy, I'm not sure his qualifications and treasuries. Um, you know, mortgage guys, we don't, we really talk about mortgage guys, mortgage guys make the muni guys look like the Virgin Mary. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I know. I know. I have mental images of the mortgage guys from the books that I've read. There's names that I can think of. Dude, Lou Ranieri is Lou Ranieri the, you know, the ultimate mortgage. Yeah. Guy? Well, he, he created the thing. <laughs> Thank you. you know, one of the listeners wrote in Google Howie something or other. The, the guy lost like $30 billion <laughs> more than Stanley. So I, I don't know if this is obvious to people. But look, people go to Wall Street and the overriding objective is to separate other people from their money. Now, you can do an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, like I think I did, where I traded, everything was institutional. Every single trade was an institutional trade. There was no retail trader involved. We, we couldn't, legally couldn't do it. Um, then there's these guys who do the um, sophisticated, structured product. So, you know, to be blunt, when you hear the term structured product, you got two choices, run or get out the loop. Because yeah, yeah. and, and I I suggest run. Um during last week's podcast, I had talked about the the Howie Rubin stripping the mm -hmm. IOs, the POs. And oh yeah. I was uh uh notified that it no longer works that way. Um but I think without doing any deep dive, I think what they've done is they've made it worse. <laughs> yeah. You, so, think they, you think they improved it and made it simpler and cleaner, really? <laughs> it's it's stunning. I'm going to go look it up. Uh, I, I I had one of these pieces. So what they what they do is they take your 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 little mortgage, your average mortgage. 
And they take it and they put it in some kind of trust. And then some guy with a PhD in physics, probably with an Asian name, they cut them up into these little tranches, little pieces. Mm -hmm. But each piece is some little bespoke calculation based on a prepayment rate and an interest rate, yep. and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. By the way, the salesburgers, well, it, you know, you as the client, this fits your need, but it really fits the need of the trader's wife who wants the Prada handbag. Because every time they take one of these things, they're, it's like that cheese example in Bonfire of the Vanities. They're just taking, slicing little bits of cheese. Yep, and yep. I remember a long time ago, you would have the, the, um, the mortgage desk bidding for generic, um, generic mortgage securities, okay? And then you'd have them offering out these little pieces or tranches and you know, I'd see the PL every day, and every day the, the the mortgage guys are making, you know, two million, eight million, six million, fourteen million. And I'm thinking all they're doing is taking this generic thing and they're cutting it up into non-generic things. And people, institutions were were dumb enough to buy these things. And so you, you ended up with catastrophes. I think Kidder Peabody, because there's always a piece of this whale shit that nobody wants. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. if memory serves, uh, they're called the Z piece. Okay. So since nobody wanted the Z pieces, these guys kept them. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, well, they're money good, you know, and, and they weren't, but mm -hmm. they acted like they were. Because the Z piece was the the first hit. Yep. First loss took out the Z piece. Okay, so these guys accumulate all these things. That's what took out Kidder Peabody, I think. Okay. Um, anyway, so now you got literally tens of thousands of these tiny little pieces of shit that have these, these long names, like... I'm going to try and remember what mine was, but it the Bloomberg code was like FNR 93-210SY. And I would type that in. I'll, I'll look it up for yeah, next Yeah, time. yeah. I'll, but I'll look it up and it would give you a description. So if LIBOR was between five and six, I got so much money. If it was between six and seven, I got so much money. And it was above seven, I got nothing. <laughs> but I only got nothing while LIBOR was above that rate. So if yeah. LIBOR came back down, all of a sudden these things start paying off again, right? But in the end, you overpaid for something and you were never gonna run away from that. And when people, started getting real mark to markets that that game um in fact there was a guy aubrey something or other the general electric 
that was running a big portfolio of these things. He he got blown out. I know Greenwich Capital during the crisis. Uh, we took a, a really major whack. I think it might have been a $300 million whack. I, I remember that because the guy running the position who we called the third guy from the left, um, and your your generation would call him a mouth breather mm-hmm. um, or a knuckle dragger. Yep, yep, that- yep. Yeah. He walked by my desk one day, kind of looking a little dazed, and he pretends to look under my desk and uh, I said, what's up? And he says, I, I I lost $300 million. And I said, you're not going to find it down there. <laughs> Trust me. If it was there, I'd know. <laughs> oh, sensitivity. Sensitive. That's, he's gone on to a, a successful career as a hedge fund manager somewhere in London. And, uh, Good. Um, but but I, I digress. Um, so we go back to the munis. Okay, I bought these munis, and um, the long end of the market rallied very sharply midweek towards the end of the week, not but before the peril number. And I got a call from the muni guys saying, "Hey, a guy's in buying, and he needs what you have," which is music to my ears, right? And so. Um, we we I sold them two thirds of my position. The reason I didn't sell all of it was because I was so stunned at the price. I I, I physically couldn't move the the mouse to see what my position was. <laughs> and um, and of course, that's a little bit of a joke. A little, not a, entirely, but a little bit. <laughs> but I tried to look because I like to see where. I can replace these things. And so I, I, I spread them to 10-year notes. And so basically, I think when we bought them, we bought them 200 cheap to 10s, 200, two, two percentage points higher in yield than 10s. Mm-hmm. And I think we sold them 40 basis points higher in yield than 10s. So that, you know, that was, that was, um, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, you know, I advise people the municipal bond market, very dangerous. Stay away. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, but again, you so know, now is that is that your your savvy like trading, or is that the guy you you just got lucky that guy needed them? <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's some that say luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Absolutely. So you, yeah. Well, what did what, what did I say? I said you can sell them any day you want, but you can't buy them any day you want. And and you know the money's great, and but it didn't move the needle. But what it did do was it gave me reassurance that the um, advice or things we talk about here do show up in in real life. Now it's going to be harder for a retail guy, probably impossible for a retail guy to do that. But I think the the real lessons of this of of, of the situation are, you know, you wait for the opportunity that you feel great about. You estimate the risk reward. Now, 
for me, I had very little risk in that trade. I'll explain to you why. I bought it with cash. I was not levered. Okay. Now, I bought a greater proportion of my net worth than I than prudence would have dictated. But um, uh, the worst thing that was going to happen was I was going to have a, a yield, which wasn't great. And you will recall, I mentioned I was in a little early and it had, you know, led to a couple mm -hmm. of sad afternoons. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, when, when, and, and this is my beef from the other week about people talking about their trades, you know, after they've done them, but before they monetize them, it's like, yeah, the market figured out that these were cheap. And now I, I didn't have a bunch of guys trying to reverse engineer what what I did or what I'm doing. And 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 by the way, if it didn't work, I'm not gonna look stupid in front of you. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and and when Cheryl gets the PL, if it's no good, I just job the marks, <laughs> which is great. Like the government numbers, no kidding. Yeah. Um so uh to make matters better or worse, I have a pretty big thing about being pretty precise about my risk numbers. And so um, Thursday, I sell a bunch of these munis at a great level, but I couldn't find anything right at that moment I wanted to buy. So that left not me even a close. little- not, not even close. There was nothing that, nothing- no, I mean, it got close on Friday, but on Thursday, there wasn't anything. It was a little late in the day, you know. So I don't normally like to go into these numbers with having my duration off. And I, I could have done several things. I could have bought 10-year notes. I could have bought our beloved two-year note. But I felt like we've had a number of you know, spurious payroll numbers. I think I had mentioned on the previous podcast that the market had priced in several eases. So I felt like, I, you know, I had a little bit of a, a head start in going into the number with some room. Mm -hmm. Plus, as I, I had spoke to uh, life coach Leslie Harris, I was going to stop myself in, meaning I picked a yield level that if the number was bullish, I was going to buy what I needed to, even if it was more than I had wanted to originally, which um, is, is is trader's discipline, right? So, and anyway, a long story short, number came in strong. They crushed the market. I think the number was strong enough that it, it it's going to substantially push back Fed easings. The Fed does not like changing the rates. They like them. They like changing the rates less during election years because they appear political. So I think in a very general sense, the, the markets in total have to reprice a less friendly Fed. How much so? Uh, you know, you can either do it in basis points or time. And I would say 
three months. I would push off NEEs three months. I'm not going to try and put a rate number on it. I, I think the time is just the same. Um, but I, I think that encourages me that I'm going to be able to buy some stuff a little cheaper. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, you know, for a long time, uh, and, and up to now, I've been very much anti the social media stuff because I think it's, it fucks up your brain and stuff like that. And, and by the nature of what guys like you and I do, it's a lot of short research, short, short pieces of information. I've discovered that my attention span while reading has gotten very short, which I concluded um, was not healthy. So what I did was I forced myself this week to read a, read a couple of books. And they were they were recommended to me. And um, one book, uh, which if I can find the name of it, was recommended by a uh, listener. It was called What I Learned Losing a Million Dollars. Yeah, I, no good. Um, you know, it's a sad sack story about a guy who got a buck, bunch of lucky breaks in life and then got trading and he ran it up and then went broke and thought of killing himself. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the, the very little accretive there. Although the only saving grace in it's not that big a deal, but at the end, he talks about how the emotion uh, replicated the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross grief, which you will recall that I had mentioned, yep. you know, many, many weeks ago. Yep. Um, I don't want to turn this into a book club thing because that's a little gay, but yeah. I just figured I'd mention it. Um, the other book, 13 Days, a memoir of the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was recommended by a good friend and prodigious news writer, newsletter writer, Anthony Peters. Okay. He said, you got to read this book. It's a quick read. And, you know, that was a period of time that I was very little. had heard about, didn't know much about. But the book didn't turn out to be anything what I expected. And I'm saying this in a really, really good way. And, I, and I've had this happen a number of times. Um, the reason is our good friend Ed had sent me a, an article on about how to be a good reader. And one of the things in there said, it's okay not to finish a book. If you get a book and you start reading it and you decide it's no good, you don't like it, just don't read it. And so I kind of decided I was going to adopt that rule. And my rule is yeah, read 50 pages. And after 50 pages, if it's no good, I, I literally throw it in the garbage can. Okay. I, I don't want some discussion with Cheryl about giving it away or begging someone to take a fucking book. And I can't write in a can. Okay. But when I was reading one of these behavioral economics textbooks, which was just 
redundant. In there, they mentioned the um, the gift of fear by Gavin to Becker, and of course, that's to me turned out to be one of the great all time finds. So, you know, just because you get into a book, you don't know what you're going to find, right? So, to the point, there's there's two funny things that come with this. One is, uh, I should have said, interesting to me. One is. I had expected to be this sitting on the edge of my seat, anxiety driven, how's it gonna turn out? Yeah. And it, it wasn't that at all. It, it was in fact, similar to me and Marty talking about the Blair Witch. And I said, did it scare you? And he said, not at all. And I'm like, well, why not? And he goes, cause there was running water. And anytime you see running water in the East, you just follow it and you'll come to a town. Yeah. And, and, yeah, well, yeah. So, so I knew that there wasn't a we didn't blow the world up, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, but but what did I learn? And I think this is immensely valuable. Okay, enough so that I will try and give you a sketch. But I would recommend, seeing as the book is like three dollars and yeah. it's not even two. Who's the pages. author? Who's the author? Isn't that a that... some guy named Robert F. Kennedy? Yeah, okay, so RFK wrote it. Okay. <laughs> um that lunatic. But what I want to focus on is not the decision. Okay. What I think Kennedy did, which is pure genius, is he created a forum for the men he trusted to be able to come up and discuss the options and do them in such a way that he knew he could get the best out of each person. So for instance, he respected the military, obviously, but in his mind, he knew the guys in the military are generally in favor of fighting because that's that's what they're trained to do. Not judgment, just that's what they're trained to do. So in his mind, he would fractionally discount their advice to start a war. Um, he was also aware that many people in a group are loath to say stuff for fear of feeling stupid. Okay. And then there are people who in a group want to say things they think the president wants to hear. So he separated these guys in multiple different ways. And he iterated a decision and it, it was a good decision. And I think that, like I said, not gonna claim for a minute, I've done justice to the explanation of this. But just like John Boyd in the Oda Loop, I mean, I feel like our job here is to point people in the direction to do their own work. Because I, you can take what I just said, and you can think, oh, that's a great idea. But I don't think you're going to get the same practical value out of it unless you read it yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, so I, I would recommend that as as really homework for people.
Um, what is it? 13 Days, right? 13 Days? Is that the title of it? 13 Days, Memoir of the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's touch and go yeah. there. Wasn't it touch and go there for a little while? though? We came pretty close. It wasn't the... Uh, oh, the were... odds were one in three. Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah. It's not comfortable. Well, according to them, but they were there. I, you know, it, it wasn't one in a hundred, and it wasn't zero. So if we do our reduction ad absurdum, yeah. you know... It was a masterclass in di in diplomacy, wasn't it? It was like it really wasn't it really the pinnacle of like years of conflict coming together, like on the part of the Russians and the Americans. I think that diplomacy is one word. I think it was a masterclass in chess. Brinkmanship. Yeah, that's that sort of thing. One thing which underscores something Anthony Peters has said, and I've known for 30 years, is the problems every, virtually every American makes is he thinks people in other countries are just like them and they don't, they speak a different language. It couldn't be further from the truth, right? And and until I started traveling to London, I I was this I was the same way. Like as you know, I grew up, yep. you know. I'm in the cornfields and the is it the cornfields or the gritty seats of the south side of Chicago? Which which episode is it? South side, south side, south side. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean that's the one thing we miss as Americans is that you know the world doesn't see the things that they may, but they don't to the degree we assume, and it's not just the thing about the language. So. Um, I I wanted to bring something up, which is a little uncomfortable, and I know you're not a big fan of it, but um, I, there's certain questions, like one of the things um, I always tell my kids is it's okay to ask people questions as long as you ask them politely, and if they tell you they don't want to talk about it, don't press them. Yeah. And they've done that. And, and I've had that done to me. And, you know, I've not that long ago, we were visiting with friends and a woman asked me a question about something. And I said, you know, I respectfully, I just prefer not to answer it. It, it was probably about politics. And sure, I, sure. I, I wasn't getting pinned down to, I, I was like it takes two people to fight, right? Yep. I was not getting okay. Yep. yep. So this is the thing. Again, um, clearly we've been on the side of Israel in this conflagration. And what I've seen, which I think is noteworthy is don't forget about all the horror pictures, okay? Take a look at the tunnels that Hamas has built under Gaza. Now, that may seem trivial, maybe it is trivial, but this is what's curious to me. Having a dilettante's experience in construction, okay? 
my understanding is they have something like 300 miles worth of tunnels. Pick a number. It, it could be 50 or it could be 500. But whatever number you pick, I'm good with it. Yep. Okay. So the pictures of these tunnels that I've seen are heavily reinforced, structurally sound tunnels. And you know how I know they're structurally sound? Because they bombed the shit out of Gaza, and these things are still functioning. Okay. Okay. Second point. Again, perhaps I've overstayed my welcome on this, but uh, again, being a dilettante in the construction industry, every time I've broke ground, 100% of the time, okay, groundwater. And in 80% of the instances, it was bad enough, it had to be mediated, which you know is not an easy thing to do. So you have X amount of miles, okay, of professionally constructed tunnels that have been designed to manage groundwater, okay, and can withstand two, three, four, 500 pound bombs, right? So where did the money come from? It, it wasn't like Indiana Jones in Sala with the pick at night mm -hmm. going like this, right? So where did the equipment come from? Where did the labor come from? Where did the dirt go? Remember that movie, um, The Great Escape? Like they had to figure out how to get rid of all the dirt. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll tell you where the money came from. The money came from um, the United Nations. That's top the of the UN, UN, right? UN peacekeeping dollars. Yeah, dollars. Yeah. It was all yeah. you know, it was paid for in dollars, dollars. Yeah. You know? yeah, not Bitcoin, although some of that. But so I would love to see an investigation into these entities that were designed to give the Palestinian people money. And I'd like to see receipts. Let's, let's cut the bullshit. Let's, let's see where the money went. And like I said, if they have receipts for $4 billion worth of baby formula and diapers, well, I'm I'm yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, but if they come up with nothing, then it's going to be the United Nations, which is second only to the SEC in ineptitude, has funded this thing. Oh, totally. and I, I just like I said, I'm just asking a question here, but you know it's simple things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, Anyone who doesn't believe me on the groundwater thing, take the MB challenge. Yeah. Go in your backyard with a shovel, dig a hole three feet deep, and come back in a couple of hours. What do you think is going to be there? Yeah, sinkhole. Yeah, water. We know. I know. Um, I, I, I hope I didn't put you off. I just, this no. has been eating at me all week. No, no, but I don't know what you're so what you said you have a clear cut solution in mind. You are you said you have a vision 
of how that thing ends up. Is that thing going to resolve? Well, so let me try and answer it this way. Okay. So we give you an example. You went to parochial school. Well, I did, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they beat religion into you. 100%. Okay. So I had a similar experience where I would go to Hebrew school and, and uh, Sunday school. And let me tell you, it was, I don't know, 10 years of Hitler and the Nazis. Week after week. If you think we talk about the two-year note and the yeah. lead metal, yeah, yeah. you have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anybody that thinks that the Israeli government is going to stop until the last one of these Hamas guys is dead is missing the boat. And um, the the solution is a one state. So there's no, there's not going to be a Palestinian state. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're talking about turning it back to the Palestinian Authority, which they had it, then Hamas took it over. Israel's yeah. never going for that. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So the, the solution is going to be the Saudi guy decides he's going to pick up all these people from Palestine, the Palestinians and take them home. Or, or they're going to die. Yeah. The, is no is this is as gruesome as what I just said is. I would invite you to go watch the first fifteen minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Okay, that's war. And Israel was doing its thing, whatever it is was doing its thing, and out of nowhere, Hamas came in and did what it did. Okay. Israel declared war. Yep. War, wars continue until the other side is broken of its political will. And yeah. there's just no way that they're going to allow there to be a, a Palestinian state ruled by uh, anybody. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So so the answer is that they, they disperse or they die or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to level, they're going to level the Gaza Strip, right? They're going to go building by building and empty it out. And when there's nothing left, then... Well, they, they've already done that to a large extent. But here's here's the hard part. They're going to flood the tunnels with seawater. And the reason I think they haven't done it is because they think they can rescue some of the hostages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i get that i mean i have children and but one of these people i think it was barry weiss who i've come to like reading she thinks the reason many young women are still being held as hostages is because uh, hamas doesn't want the stories to get out about what they've been doing to people yeah and um so yeah, my my solution is it's a either one or a no state, mm -hmm. meaning it's there'll be Israel, yeah. And because um, I I just you know 
I just don't see uh I don't see the Jews letting or the, the Israeli people. I don't want to conflate the politics with the religion, but I they're they're not. No, this one's to the death. And um yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that's how it's gonna go. Yeah, it's it's just adding to the divisive to the division in the country though um because now it's really you got to pick a side you you know you i guess you can stay you, you can you can't stay indifferent you need to pick a side um i don't and it seems like the public spotlight on it, there's just there's just nothing it's a brutal situation okay and there's just oh, no other. I, I, I agree with you see one of the things that saddened me about that 13 days book was when you see these politicians, they're, they're, you know, they're politicians, right? Okay, some of these guys have training, some don't, but they're professional training, but they're politicians. But they got together, okay, and they talked and worked it out. There wasn't, you know, horse trading, there wasn't, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And we don't have leaders like that. You, you see Nancy Pelosi sitting down with anybody in the Democrat or Republican Party and having a, a, a rational conversation? Please, please. Nikki Haley and, skyrocketed this week in the in the betters polls, just so you know. So she got your... She got your blessing and the the audience like yeah her, she's she's rocketing up and well I please let's let's be clear that was just the name of someone that we had talked about we've yet to throw our full support behind anybody right, right. Um, but she was a governor yeah. governors tend to make better presidents I mean Jimmy Carter's obviously a noted exception to that um, uh, but. Um, you know, I, we got we got to find somebody. We need we need leaders. We need leaders who can communicate. And you know, Mitch McConnell, F. Nancy Pelosi, F. Diane Feinstein, retired. Um, yeah, no, there's, I, no, I there's no no shining soul out there that, that really gets you excited. That says I trust I trust them with my country. I don't know who's on the top of that list right now. It's just. Yeah. It's just ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Everything uh, everything points to the two-year note. But before we go, I don't know how much time we have left. Do we have got 10 minutes. You got 10 minutes. Okay. So this is, you talk about there's no chance, such thing as chance, right? This is, this is PG. Don't worry. Okay. So around the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis, Kennedy had this thing called the Bay of Pigs disaster. Okay. I was in a London trading room and the topic came up. And one of the traders said, I know this guy. He was short silver futures the day of the Bay of Pigs disaster. And he lost a fortune. And we're all sitting there kind of shaking our head, yeah. And someone said, you know, they didn't have silver futures during the Bay of Pigs time. Imagine that. Now, the funny part is, I got a comment 
from that guy today. <laughs> I've not talked to this guy in 20 something years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. anyway. What are, the, what are the chances? Well, I guess a hundred percent because it happened, but yeah. what are the chances Anthony Peters recommends a book that yep. talks about the bad pigs that Incredible. brings back the fellow I used to work with a zillion years ago? Yeah. So well, how long are you in Florida for? Uh, I got another week down here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been fun. I, I mean, it's, it's miserable at home. It's 42 or 50 degrees and terrible at home. And I got the kiddos and we got the beach yeah. and the pool. What else do I need? You know? Kids love the beach, right? Dude, the one-year-old just sprints to the surf line as if he knows what he's doing. And I have to I have to stand there like a like a cornerback playing defense to keep him from diving into the ocean while I'm watching the other one out of the corner of my eye. So I've got I got two I got two offense playing defense. Um it's it, yeah, I mean, it's so much fun. Um so yeah. it's been it's just been a ball. I've I've been having a ball. They've slept every night, knock on wood, they go to sleep at night, they don't wake up until eight o'clock in the morning. So yeah, Mr. Mom down here, Mr. Mom. Do you, do you do like Waffle House in the morning for breakfast? Oh, no. no, stop, 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 please, Waffle House, please. I'm in the South, but I'm not. We we haven't gone full white trash, okay? Wait, the, the, they have Waffle Houses in the South. I know what they have in the South. Yeah, the Waffle, dude. You can do not go to a Waffle House, dude. A Waffle House in modern times is known for brawls at two a.m. Okay, that's <laughs> dude. Dude, I went to one three times in Tucson. It was fucking awesome. It's like I walked in the, the third time. It was like, Norm! Mr. Sachs, good to see you. <laughs> it could not have been nicer. It was fantastic. So here's here's a question. Okay. They serve um, waffles at the pancake house. Mm-hmm. But they don't serve pancakes at the waffle house. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what to tell don't, you? Don't crap on the Waffle House till you've been there. It's uh, <laughs> and they love kids. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Um, no, we do. We do, dude. We're, we're up at eight o'clock, so the day starts. The day starts, and we go. So uh, we go to the beach, and if they don't want to eat, they don't eat. And I say, off we go to the beach until we see a jellyfish, and then I say, we're out of here. We'll go back yeah. to. The- that's you know, then we, yeah, then I'm Papa, Papa makes some scrambled eggs and some yogurt and we then we get going. Then we, we go to the pool. We go to the beach. We walk to town. We got a full day. We got we, we keep busy. Um, Will you be back in time for the uh, uh, run at the garden? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Promises to be very. Very uh, exciting this year. I, have I haven't gotten any offers from anyone's uh, luxury suites yet. So I, inside baseball cast, if you got some, uh, if you got <laughs> anyone, somebody, preferably somebody over at HSBC because they they do a great light show. Okay, so anyone that listens over at HSBC, inside baseball cast at Gmail. Okay, the uh, the um, Canadian makes CIBC. That's yeah. the uh, location wise. That's the best box. Really, the Golden Box. You'd be surprised. I mean, for hockey, the Goldman box is great. Okay. Not, not for fish, really. Okay. Um, uh, I keep my ears to the ground if I hear yeah. anything. Okay. I appreciate that. So, all right. Well, I'm glad you're having fun. You got some color. I do. Yeah. Well, I'm white and Irish. So, it, you know, it goes from, it goes from pale to pink. Okay. And then it'll go back to pale by January. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, bud. You be well. 
All right. I'll see you next week, pal. Have a good one. Take care. All right.